This is a Federal News Network podcast. The Constitution gives the power of the purse to Congress, you may have heard. The contemporary reality is that a state of constant tug-of-war exists between Congress and the executive branch and the White House. A coalition led by the Project on Government Oversight seeks to shift more weight back to Congress. But there's a cloak of secrecy over White House spending decisions, according to my next guest. For more, POGO policy analyst Dylan Hedler-Caudette. Dylan, good to have you back. Hey, Tom. Thank you so much. It's great to be back. Tell us a little bit about this coalition. Who's in it? And what are you trying to exactly do here? Sure. So we are called the Power of the Purse Coalition, and we are a very diverse, broad swath of civil society groups from the right, left, and middle who are concerned with, as you noted in your intro, making sure that we help Congress kind of claw back some of its traditional powers and authorities, particularly around its control over tax and spending decisions, or in other words, the power of the purse. And so we've got groups like Freedom Works. Uh, we've got groups like, obviously, POGO, the Project on Government Oversight. We've got Protect Democracy, R Street, National Taxpayers Union, and Demand Progress. So we're all over the map in terms of where we are on the ideological spectrum, but we share the view that Congress needs to be the Article One branch, and it needs to be the primary decision maker when it comes to tax and spending decisions. Okay. And I want to return to that. But first, uh, you've also written that you feel that there is a growing level of secrecy on the part of the Office of Management and Budget, the White House, to put it more bluntly, into how spending decisions are made and what spending they're doing. Tell us what you mean. The Constitution gives Congress the power to to appropriate taxpayer dollars and spend them on various program projects and activities that they decide on. And then they give that money to the executive branch and the executive branch is charged with doing what Congress says basically with the money. Now, because it's a lot of money and because there are a lot of things that Congress is telling the executive branch to do, the executive branch does have some of its own flexibility in terms of how it's going to implement those directives. But at the end of the day, they have to do what Congress tells them to do when it comes to spending taxpayer dollars. Now, unfortunately, because of this process called apportionment, which is basically when the executive branch chooses to disperse money to various federal agencies, they're allowed to make all those decisions under the current status quo. They make all those decisions behind a veil of secrecy. They don't have to be public about what these apportionment schedules are and like when the money is being dispersed and for what purposes. And as you can imagine, behind that veil of secrecy, they can get up to some shenanigans and Congress cannot find out about it until it's too late to do anything about it. Sure. And do you think it's worsening, say, under the Trump administration versus the Obama administration or the Bush administration before that? I wouldn't say it's worsening. No, this is a problem that has been going on for a very long time across administrations and across Congresses. Obviously, we do have a pretty kind of egregious and illustrative example of this. As you and your listeners will recall, the House of Representatives impeached the president because he illegally withheld security assistance funds to the Ukraine. And the way they did that was by using the apportionment process. So that's a pretty glaring example of this problem. But this problem of secrecy when it comes to spending and dispersing taxpayer funds, this goes back a long time. I guess you could say it goes back to Iran-Contra, perhaps. Sure. Yep, yep. That and was, even before then. That um, might have been before so. you were born, but it was quite a scandal at the time when it happened. And so uh, what can – well, before we get back to the clawback that Congress can exercise, is there any way to yank this cloak off the executive branch – such that even though it has too much power, at least people know how it's being used. Yeah, unfortunately, it's pretty difficult to do it right now. I mean, the executive branch could choose to be more transparent if it wanted to, kind of on a unilateral basis. Like That's entirely within their power as the administrative agencies who are doing these apportionments and other budget authorities. They could choose to be public about it, but 
basically every time Congress tries to urge them to do that, the executive branch always uh, resists pretty strongly being more transparent about this kind of thing. So basically it's going to require Congress passing laws, and then it would also require, because of how the lawmaking process works, it would require the White House to be on board with that to some degree. We're speaking with Dylan Hedler-Gaudet. He's a policy analyst at the Project on Government Oversight. I guess maybe it's fair to say also that at least once the money is apportioned and it goes out through agencies, there are mechanisms for understanding how they're spending the money. But maybe that's a little bit after the fact. Yeah, yeah, it is a little bit after the fact. And it is even a little bit difficult to keep track of the money once it goes out of the door. When Congress appropriates money, it can be difficult to figure out exactly what's being done with it. I mean, Congress isn't as transparent as it should be. But at the very least, when it comes to what Congress is choosing to do, we have access to hearings, we can read the legislation, you know, we have a lot better opportunity to keep track of things at the front end with Congress. But once it makes its way into the labyrinth of the executive branch, it can be pretty difficult to understand what's happening there which is part of the problem. And getting back to the question of Congress clawing back, to use your words, to get back its Article I authorities on on the purse in the uh, federal government, it can't go to the White House with troops and say, give me all this paperwork, you're done here. So really it's a matter of passing laws, isn't it? Or is there some other mechanism Congress can get back a hold of that more authority? Yeah, so it would require an act of Congress for the most part, although what Congress can do is Congress can use its power of the purse to claw back its power of the purse. And what I mean by that is they can threaten to withhold funding for other things that the administration wants and say, okay, we're going to withhold funding for program X or for policy Y unless you choose to be more transparent or unless you agree to this law we want to pass that requires more transparency. So it would require some constitutional hardball, but that's the only way Congress is ever going to have any opportunity to claw back its authority is if they are willing to use the tools they have. And they are increasingly not willing to do that, which is very unfortunate. So Congress is not blameless in all of this either. It sounds like the White House, I guess, in previous White Houses have used this apportionment maybe to, in effect, reprogram money. And when an agency requests a reprogramming authority, it has to go to Congress to do that. So is this a way, do you think, of White Houses circumventing the requirement for going to Congress to reprogram money that's already been appropriated? Yeah, yeah, definitely can be, because what the administration can do is they can use special footnotes on apportionment, which will do things like withhold funding to an agency for a specific program unless they do X, which is coercive, and that that can at times, and I'll refer back to the instance of the Ukraine security assistance, that can at times be in direct violation of the will of Congress, of what Congress has explicitly told the executive branch they need to do with the money, which is, you know, unconstitutional and illegal. All right. And uh, the uh, coalition that you've put together on this, what is the latest activity and what are its next steps? There have been a couple of bills introduced in Congress that would try to reassert Congress's power of the purse. There is actually the Congressional Power of the Purse Act, which was introduced in the House, which would do a lot of the things that we're advocating for, although we haven't, as a coalition, we haven't taken an official position on the bill. But that bill does have several good provisions in it, including provisions to require apportionment transparency. But there are other efforts to do this kind of thing, and there have been have been in the past. So we view our role as trying to provide some of the space for people across the aisle in Congress to work on these issues and to, uh, to have the support of a broad swath of, of organizations like ours. So we're trying to be matchmakers. We're trying to be conveners. We're trying to uplift. We put out statements. We write articles on these kinds of things. So we're trying to help drive the ball forward and keep the conversation going around this important issue. Dylan Hitler-Gaudet is policy analyst at the Project on Government Oversight. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you, Tom. It was a pleasure. 
Find a link to this interview and to his article on this topic at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.